Yo, what up? This is episode... I don't know, what is this, 15? Yeah, episode 15, I think, of you know the name of the, the podcast. I don't have to say it. You already, you selected it, you searched it, you know what it is. Um, this is not Sword and Scale. You probably know that. Um, we had, I had, I always say fucking we for some reason, which I don't understand. It's just me. I had No Fun Club on uh, three-fourths of No Fun Club came and we spent a decent amount of time talking about non-music related things and um other you know then eventually we got to the band colin was being especially sassy uh but we put him in his place early on set the tone um yeah so if you're interested in any shows coming up you know just go check out the uh church street booking or out of this world booking pages you know that and if you don't know that now you know um and as always go please someone please review the podcast for me on itunes or something because that really helps like rate it give it five stars and review it because that makes me more visible i want ads i want to i want to fucking sell out man i want to get some money for this shit no i'm just joking but seriously it does help so please go do that share the podcast subscribe if you don't already um and support your local music community um, thanks for listening. Once again, no fun club and stick around till the end. They play a song. Yay. Fit. Yeah. You could probably find just like the beat and then the isolated vocals for the other mash them up and voila. Yeah, so that, that's how I'm going to get famous. That's how you how, invent are music. Gonna I'm going to get famous by mashing up such small hands by a lot of dispute. You mean we're not famous already? And uh, and started from the bottom by Drake. <laughs> from his hit 2013 <laughs> album, Nothing Was the Same. Wow. Dude. <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Uh, no Fun Club! What up? Hey. Boy. We are live we from Madison Square fun. Garden. Oh. <laughs> Where they don't do podcasts. We're filming a, or we're we're recording a podcast at Madison Square Garden. Could be. That's just how extra we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sucks for the producer. (laughs) I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I I like to imagine that I live in like the Taj Mahal or or somewhere special. You know what I mean? Not just like a two bedroom apartment. Like a fucking plebeian, you know? <laughs> like a plebeian. Yeah, I think a majority of the listeners of this podcast probably have a two-bedroom apartment or... or hey, man, you got, you got a nice yeah. view of, like, some Gotta pine know trees. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. The other apartments and some clouds. No, I honestly, like, don't mind it. It's just I've been here for almost two years, and I, I really miss being able to just, like, walk out, step outside, and I'm just, like, on a porch or, like, near a sidewalk. You know, right. you, you take that for granted, porches, man. What? It's all about those porches. Yeah. Well, you take it for granted when you like, when you have one, like mm-hmm. all throughout college, I lived in like houses. Yeah. Well, at least while I was actually here, I lived in like a, a well, okay. Wow. One year I was in college and lived at a house. <laughs> Never mind. But like, it felt like the, the best experience. Like I just really miss being in a house. I wish that I had a basement. I wish I had a basement too. I wish like, I just didn't... a place where I could play music at my house. You know? Yeah, I, wish I didn't yeah. utilize my porches while I had them. I feel like I took them for granted. Now I don't See? have a porch, Honestly, and I'm kicking myself. Like there's nothing like getting up in the morning and having a cup of coffee and a cigarette on the porch, or going out at night with a beer on the porch. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love coffee. 
should change your name to Porches. So I think that's, that's already, already taken, taken, man. Porches? <laughs> like a band name? Yeah. Oh, there, yeah. there is already a band called Porches. I gotta imagine well, if we there's do a band like called Porches. Porch VVS. Is Porch that VVS. That, is that hip? Sure. Okay. VVS, like the diamond. Like VVS is on my neck. That's no, a Rockefeller Just because doing double Vs is always cool. Yeah. That always just makes your band name like 10 times cooler than it actually oh, is. Oh, okay. Like Having always. Like, yeah, all all I thought it was. I thought it was like Swedish. Honestly, I thought it was like like Aves or something. We are Aves. We are from <laughs> Stockholm. Yeah, you did that way better. I'm glad that you did that. <laughs> you did that way better than I was trying to. Um, so, if you have, have you guys listened to any episodes before? Oh yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. listened to a lot. I've listened to all Collins episodes. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah, I've listened yeah. to all Collins episodes four Colin times. Colin the each. regular. You should like. You should do a thing where like every week you do an episode. I was invited to, to be a co-host once. Little yeah, in fact, I couldn't do it, but yeah, it was a it was a temp gig. It was a temp gig. I needed a guy to step in. Um, I couldn't even get a body double from you though. I was kind of upset. <laughs> it would have been nice, but not even body doubles cost extra. Just shout out more than me. Heads up to anybody doubles. listening right now. If if you bring me a band, uh, I and if there's not a million people, if you bring me a band, just a couple people, I will let you sit in on the episode because right, the more the merrier. Let's, oh, let's, do, let's like cut that part and put it somewhere else where you want to talk about that, so it doesn't like demean the fact that you did give me like you asked me once. Oh, I definitely now did. I feel like that's been taken <laughs> away by you offering it to everybody. So I'll like, ask, cut out that well, audio clip, put it at the end or something. No, Colin, we're God, doing it wrong. Colin, you just want to feel special. Damn, he's a, <laughs> listen to producer Haggerty over yeah, here, man. We can like he's keep. Like, we can like keep. The part where I'm feeling, you know, you could have been a co-host, but you missed like, chance. Oh, I, I, no, I just that just that sat in with me that you that you felt slighted by that. So, uh, my bad. Yeah, but also not responsible for your feelings. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking. I'm still with feeling that savage. I'm, I'm still just fucking around. Slighted. Slighted. I Call mean, back to no fun club. Oh wait, unreleased song lyrics. <laughs> Technically, it's <laughs> released. Yeah. Bedroom demos. Okay, so in your bedroom with the lights down low. Correction: If anybody brings me a band and they want to come sit in on the episode, okay it with Colin Haggerty first, (laughs) and then as long as he's available to also be there, we can we can have like is that is that fair? Fair enough. Okay, so that way no one tops your numbers. Bridge should be on this bio. I talked about Bridge the first time I was on. Oh shit! Somebody asked the question asking him who did my bio. I thought that was the coolest question because like oh I yeah, met somebody read it and I met her at my uh, the Scheme Thirteen thing. I met her. I forgot to tell you that I met her at the Scheme Thirteen festival. She's hard to oh, miss. Shit. Yeah. No, Bridge is sweet. She's like she's the coolest. She came right up to me. Person. She likes to yell on porches, tying back into the porch conversation. I want to end the podcast with Porches. That way we can just go completely full circle. Yeah, don't play you know any of I mean? our songs. Just play Be Apart by Porches. Yes. Oh, I don't listen to it. Next time this. I hang out with That's Bridge, I'll get a Zoom and I'll just record like her yelling pop? while we're on a porch and you can put that on your podcast. At the end of this, you should be just cool. let me play Windbreaker the way I would do it. Oh, God. Please do. At the end, Shit, I don't have any music prepared. We're going to go so uh, musical covers and we're just all going to cover a song of the other person's band that's like to our left and we'll do it oh shit bad television oh Colin <laughs> yo, yo yo I don't just learn anybody's songs so you gotta pay me if you want me except to I'll just play Third Eye Blind cause that's the only fuck cover fuck you pay me I've been I've been trying to learn a Third Eye Blind <laughs> yeah. cover cause I'm, I'm Third Eye Blind yeah, yeah. no swearing I just saw on them, my podcast uh, thanks at, with Jimmy Eat World last yeah. week 
And I mean, I've seen Third Eye Blind like three times. My the '90s kid inside me like needs that. I really like their for one self-titled album. I really really like a lot. And I don't really know any else of the music. It's completely nostalgia. I heard the singer's actually kind of a douchebag. That wouldn't surprise me. Shocker like like he man. he was really greedy about like all the songwriting credits and stuff. Damn. And like he withheld a lot of it, and like I, he was just a real dick about it, you know. That's yeah. kind of fucked up. They came to play. There was a lot more money in music back then, though, so it probably attracted yeah. people who like who cared more about money, you know. Yeah. They came to play at Central once a couple of years ago when right. I was still there. They played to like a third of an arena. <laughs> wow. <laughs> End of story. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> rad, though. That's a lot of people. Third Eye Blind songs are hard to learn, though. There's a lot. They're very lyrically dense, and it's hard to remember all those words. Like I tried to learn Semi Charm Life one time. Dude, just to dude. Cover oh it yeah, that one. Dude, that dude, one does dude. have a lot going There's on. There's so many words. It's all about doing. I was gonna do. Blast. How's it gonna be? Because that one's that's like a, that's a pop. Yeah, that one's much uh, simpler too. Just a few chords. And Colin, you you know what Colin you look like right now? You look like. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Into the Wild? Oh. Not only have I seen the movie Into the Wild, I've gotten he this comparison. Might be a hundred thousand times, so many times. But especially right now, because like the way your hair is like sitting up, you look exactly like the picture Yo, where I, he's sitting I look in front like of the Alexander bus. Alexander Supertramp today. Yeah, you definitely. Sometimes do. I just look like Chris McCandless, but yeah, Colin that's, that's fair. You're definitely tramp. a Supertramp today. The, mm-hmm. You're like the Jekyll, Doctor Jekyll, and Supertramp, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. definitely a high compliment. I love it that is. fucking love movie, that, dude. Yeah, he's, he was a good. At dude. some point, we'll talk about music, but there's no rules, dude. <laughs> it ain't nothing. We do what we want here. The rules are made up, and the points don't matter. Yeah, oh, dude, classic television, right there, dude. <laughs> if you think that God is keeping score, fucking Wayne Brady, Ray. dude. <laughs> oh man, whose lines in anyway? You brought me back there, dude. Sick. <laughs> brought me back for a second there. So, yeah. so I'm here with no fun podcast. club. Colin and Patrick and Jay. Hey. And, um, what happened to your other bandmate? We don't talk about him. <laughs> okay. Mike. Mike couldn't be here today. I think he was, he has like, he has some family event. His He's sister is graduating now. or something. Mike He's Higgins in my band now. I told him like, not to be here. Mike Higgins plays in another band that like takes priority. It's called Ship and Sail. <laughs> to is that what bands? they're called? Who's, yeah. who's that? So like, that's or like I Ship and Fail. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Ship and Sail's playing at Coachella right now. <laughs> right. At Coachella. But Coachella's not happening. At Coachella. <laughs> no, dude, just playing at the same Secret place. set. Anyway. But yeah, Mike isn't here tonight. We're sad. We miss him. Mike is mm-hmm. such a sweetie. I love Mike. I just want to so give him scratches behind his ears. He's the looks, the brains, and the like charisma of the band. And he was uh did he play with you guys when you played with us at, at uh, Club Above? No. So Mike was gone during April. Um, so, oh, okay. So my friend Nick, who he lives in Lansing, he plays in a band called Dog Scene. He's a very old friend of mine. Love him a lot. He filled in on drums. Okay. Um, when we played at Club Above with you. I'm trying to and, figure out if I've ever met Pat Mike. weren't in the band yet. I don't know. He plays in Koopa Kid, too. So you might have met him. Oh, I've definitely him seen him, probably. Because I, I saw... One of the first shows I ever went to, like in this scene, was like last year. It was Bad TV and Koopa Kid and Dogleg. Oh, the I remember that show at the yeah, Lazy yeah, Show. Yeah, yeah, and I met. I think I met you there, Jay, like very briefly because I was there okay. to meet with Will. That would have been. Kid's that was. Like, I think that was my show. first show playing guitar with Bad TV. Too. Oh, really? Yeah. 
That was uh, that was like the first time I had met up with Wit because we had a mutual friend or whatever, okay. and I was trying to get into the scene. And like one of my friends said that she knew Wit and that like Wit was a good person to meet and talk to and all that stuff. Oh and yeah, Wit's awesome. Stoked for that fellow land record. Did you see the vinyl variants of that? Yeah, I just Holy I just fuck, yeah the ghost blown. ones. The ghost ones yeah. running out. I got I got ones. special uh early viewing of that too like Ooh. like a day before but no because i was just i saw wit the day before yeah, oh, yeah. and yeah. Like, check it out i'm like cool dude I'm gonna <laughs> that's sh- so sick that's like show cool. everybody that's like my dream is to get my music on vinyl someday you got money dude no. i mean <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it takes you got a record label i mean you've been doing got a that. record label you've been working at it for so Good long oh records. yeah they yeah. they worked on that record for a long time and they had it done for a long time yeah and i'm just so happy that they've been sitting on it for like out. a year yeah yeah, I'm just proud of Wit and excited to see what happens next. Cause I know he's been writing for a while. Yeah, yeah, he's he's one of the most hardworking people I know, and I'm glad that it's like paying off for him. Oh yeah, we just gotta keep trying to convince Woody him boy. to do bad TV shows too. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Right. I know. Is this spicy meatball? Last time I asked, he said to ask Tyler, and mm-hmm. Tyler would be more likely to say yes and convince Wit. So that's the that's the way to do it. I feel like if you ask Tyler, he'd just be like, nah. No, Tyler loves it. <laughs> Little known context for anyone who's listening who doesn't know. So I play guitar for Bad TV right now. Patrick over here played guitar for Bad TV before me. Back in the day, 2016, y'all, those were the days. When I met Wit was the last time Pat played. So yeah, No Phone Club was yeah. basically a Bad TV side. Colin played in Bad TV <laughs> too. We're a Bad TV side project for anyone who's in <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're a spinoff. I got to play banjo and mandolin. Mike Higgins was a bad television cheerleader and mascot. <laughs> wow, dude. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on one person's shoulders. A lot of uh, intertwining like. uh, histories within this music scene here. Yeah. I do notice that. Lot. There's a lot of member sharing in these bands. I mean, it kind of happens. Like, everybody yeah. knows each other. Honestly, we all just love all each other so yeah. a couple much. years. It's like, it's easier to start bands with people yeah, like, so who are around and you know. Oh, also speaking what I found is like, oh, go ahead. a lot of times band members will change really abruptly. Like, somebody will have to leave or have to not play, and then somebody will have to fill in quickly. And you're always going to ask somebody that you know that is really good and that yeah. like, can learn quickly. And that ends up being like, um, you know, Art's going to leave uh, and do this, and then I need someone to fill in for a show in two weeks or whatever, three weeks or whatever it is. Right. If you if you had, didn't have that kind of pressure, I don't think people would be in so many of the same exact bands. Yeah. Um, or, like, in the same exact members in different bands. But, like, sometimes you just don't have enough time to get somebody and try to learn how to play with them and right. all that. On that point, like I've been, I keep forgetting to say this on the podcast, but I figure like I have this podcast, so I'm just gonna say it. Like, as far as like people needing members and stuff, like I am a hundred percent like down to play with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody ever needs guitar, vocals, whatever, like I have my own band in a daydream, but like I'm trying to play as much as I can. So like I see everybody filling in all the right. time for each other. So like, just know out there, anybody listening, if you ever need a guitar or whatever, hit up your boy. You know. And you're not in three bands already. True. Yeah, I mean yeah, one. That's I'm a in one rare band. commodity. Yeah, a guitar player that isn't already in like every band. I'm in one band, and I uh, I'm clean, and um, I'm well behaved. <laughs> oh and fuck! I can. Play. Well, if you're well behaved, you can't be in a band. <laughs> <laughs> I can learn by ear, rock and roll, and I can follow commands. 
Join mm. No Funk Club. We can be like a three guitar attack. Yeah, we're gonna go. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. go Iron instrumental post rock. No. <laughs> Next person that joins is playing bass, and I'm playing guitar, and that's that's final. Damn. Or I'm playing banjo. I'll play bass, but I'll just use an octave pedal so that it sounds like a guitar. And <laughs> Let's play guitar in a five guitar so. band. Oh god. Let's do it. That's a song, right? Isn't that what like is, no? What song? Who does <laughs> play who is that? Wasn't there a band that? I like, think it was Motley Crue. I swear there was a band though that was like, like trying to hype no, themselves it's Mindsbear. up. Ah, got it, got it, got it. I, got it. Got I love Mindsbear. No, no, I think it was Motley. <laughs> I love Mindsbear. Was it? I, I believe it. I, I think it. every song ever was written by Motley Crue. They say that about the Beatles, but it was really all about Motley Crue. My Crue's Motley <laughs> This guy tried to pull a fast one on me right there. <laughs> Motley Crue. Yeah. So are you guys still a band? No, no fun yeah. club. We broke up yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. we so actually broke like up. Farewell like episode. Five minutes before yeah. we walked in here, me and Jake were walking up. We said, "You know, fuck this." It was over. <laughs> it was over the fact that Jake refused to put a hook that just goes "Winona Ryder" <laughs> in the song "Winona." Um, someday, which will be on something one day. Wait, you go by Jake? Yeah. Jake or Jay. Jay, Jay is okay. my Facebook name. Jay, Jake. So, Jake. so story behind that. One time, I decided to change my Facebook name to Jay Cobb as a joke, and I was like, "I'm only going to keep this for a couple days. Joke. It's going to be funny. Everybody's going to laugh. Yeah. Hopefully, um, yeah, it's stuck. I haven't changed it yet. Gotta it's been like two months. years, huh? But yeah, a lot of people who like meet me through the internet first call me Jay. But it's cool. I'll take oh, Jay or okay. Jake. As soon okay. as that happens, you should see him. He like he like he rolls up his his like short sleeve shirt sleeves and like puts <laughs> a pack of cigarettes in there <laughs> and immediately starts talking like a greaser. It's super yeah. Cool. He has like pomade Every in his back pocket. Be like Jay, and he'll be like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see the way you just moved your face yeah. too. <laughs> It was like very slithery side to side. <laughs> What's up? Hey, how you doing? Uh, dude, I need to get video on this podcast. We'll start a YouTube channel. We'll get yes. to 100K hits. We'll make some 100K. money. We'll become influencers. 100K a day. Oh, baby. Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, I'm gonna go on Joe Rogan. My Robin, episodes dude. are probably huge. So. They pretty much. Actually, you know what? I checked the stats on my website at least. Your website, your, I mean, your. First episode has the most downloads. Oh wow! Of all the episodes. It surprised me until until this dog loop one is up for a little bit. Yeah, it was good. I listened to it. it you good. did? Yeah. I never listened to the episodes. I listened to it. I woke up at like three thirty in the morning, couldn't fall back to sleep. I listened to it. So, I, in a way, I cradled you and sort of like gave you a lullaby back. Yeah, to sleep. I didn't know that <laughs> I didn't day fall was back asleep. Oh, what, okay. The dog leg podcast? No, Colin was just talking about which one? Well, Colin was just talking about what not being able to sleep. Yeah. Like every day is Christmas Eve. Oh, that's Bad a good TV. One. <laughs> every day is Christmas Eve. I turn the lights out. You guys got to fill in. Bad TV, Bad TV is so awesome. We're not going to be able to get through this podcast without talking more about. <laughs> We're just going to keep shit posting <laughs> about Bad TV. We are knee deep in the podcast right now, dude. <laughs> this is good. Fuck. All right. What are, really, let's talk about the fun club, though. Yeah. I mean, what's the name? Where the name come from? I mean, where does the name come? Yeah, no fun club. Why? Why? I don't like hearing that. No fun. Jake lost the bet. No. So, so here's the story behind no fun club. I think it's a cool name. So, thank you. So So I was reading some blog. I don't remember what it was, but they were talking about um, how like all emo bands today are so serious, and it was like early 2017. 
It was like right as like the emo revival was dying and the sparkle punk wave was coming back up. All the weed bands were coming up. <laughs> and they were talking about how like yeah. the, the wave of the no fun bands was going to die and that music was going to become more fun. Like brand new, as like they as they ceremoniously like phased Ooh, out. We don't talk about brand that band got canceled. That's that's canceled. for that's that's for another episode. Canceled, <laughs> but yeah, so canceled. So canceled. so Fuck at the him. time, I was trying to come up with a name to release my demos under. Oh fuck! <laughs> Yo, that's secret off air. We'll you gotta talk take that down before you get video. Brand new talk off air. <laughs> But yeah, so I was looking for a name at the time to release my demos under, and I couldn't come up with anything that was super catchy, but... Um, Drake was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> Drake Bell. Nah, Josh Peck was that. taken. Aubrey took uh, Drake from you already. And you By the way, I Drake said my name was, was Jake, taken. but it's Drake Bell. Oh, uh, <laughs> you look like Drake Makes Bell a little bit. Makes me happy. You could be like a Drake Bell stunt double, dude. It makes you want to see. I feel like. Didn't Drake Bell play at the Blind Pig like a year ago? Yeah, he did. What? He did. I didn't go to that. But wow. he had a sick song, dude. He had a Gibson Les Paul in the music video. It's fucking gnarly, dude. Oh, God damn Whoa, Drake dude. Bell. Drake and Josh is like the only reason I play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like 14 and started my first band, we played my high school battle of the bands. We got shit. like some of the kids I was in band class with to play trumpet and trombone, and we covered Soul Man. That's actually so <laughs> rad, dude. That's Holy so cool. Shit, dude. One time at a talent oh, show, this I was so good. One time at a talent show, not kidding, I rapped a Will Smith song from Men in Black. Oh, that's ballsy. One time at a talent show, I got together some of my friends that were in band, and we played a ska song, and I forever regret that Was it by Seaholm? So so what you're saying is we were all insanely musically talented. Yeah, we were were all prodigies. (laughs) Should have gone music I rapped over a a non-vocal Will Smith track. Uh, I guess I have mine. Eighth grade recognition dance when we were all leaving eighth grade, like the last day of school. Like, me and my buddies... Practice for like a month to do a cover of Census Fail. Oh like my god. Bloody Romance. We played Bloody Romance by Census Fail. And like our singer just screamed the whole time. It was just god awful. Like <laughs> and I had like girl jeans on with like a white shirt and like a black tie on. I thought it was so sweet looking. Dude, I found myself missing like the late two thousands scene vibe. Oh dude, absolutely, man. Taking Back Sunday. Like taking that. Back Sunday. Well, yeah, Taking Back Sunday was a little bit earlier. I'm talking about like Dance, Gavin, Dance. Oh, that dude. shit. Oh, okay. I'm so, all yeah. about that. Dance, DGD, man. I'm trying to get to fucking like, Death Star album, R&B dude. status. Yeah, I, I just want to make R&B. Me and uh, <laughs> right. my Two buddies are like really big Dance, Gavin, Dance fans. Like I've seen them like four or five times. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love them. Like Death Star album was my shit. Like. It's, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, I've never seen Dance Gavin Dance. I, I saw to. them with Johnny Craig. How's that? I mean, he's I'm a phenomenal. Another person we don't. He, talk he's about. a phenomenal singer, but he tried to sell me a MacBook. <laughs> he tried to sell Cancel. you a MacBook? No. Okay. Oh, all right. I was gonna say you gotta tell that Cancel. story because like that's a whole thing. Canceled. Canceled forever. Canceled. I saw them at Warp Tour after Canceled. the MacBook scandal or whatever. Canceled. Yeah, that's and he tried 2012. To... Yeah, Canceled. yeah. I, that he, was the same time I saw them. They played them. right Canceled. after Closure in Moscow. Who fucking Canceled. ripped? By oh way. yeah, Closure in Closure Moscow was on like that 2011 Warp Tour compilation. Or Hell some yeah, shit. they are one of the favorite. Honestly, I think we should just but, cancel Warp uh, Tour. Warped Johnny Craig already is. No, I know, but I mean like just the history of it too. Like all of it. Just cancel. 
like Johnny, dude, that's my childhood. But Johnny Craig was like playing a set at Warp Tour, and he like called someone out in between songs, like from the crowd. Like he like called someone out by their Twitter handle, and was like, "Hey, blah 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 at whatever." Like you know what I mean? And he's like, "I'll yeah. kick your ass. Come up here." I'm like, dude, you just called some you. You can't threaten to fight someone by their Twitter handle. She dude. was nine years old. Yeah, I'm like, was she really? No, I have no idea. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Johnny Craig to try to fight a nine year old, but like, yeah, I mean, still he's probably on heroin and doesn't realize who he's talking to. You know, he seems like that type. I mean, maybe is that maybe is that, is that slander? I don't. know. I feel like we should but. talk not about canceled people anymore. Yeah, cancel the canceled people. We're gonna cancel. This cancel is really culture. canceled. This them. is uh, this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk this is my anyways, swamp. We'll anyway, so we got off on a really long tangent. We'll talk about our oh yeah, yeah, your band name yeah, though. So like we you were, were talking, talking about yeah. our band name. You said you needed a catchy. You didn't have a catchy name. Yeah, for, so I was like, I was, was looking taken. for a catchy yeah. name to put my demos out under that I had been working on, and I had read this blog post that was calling like the previous wave of emo bands that were kind of starting to die off. They were calling them the No Fun Club, or they were calling them like oh. the No Fun Bands or something, and I'm like. That's kind of funny. That's kind of catchy. That's kind of like what I'm trying to do. So, like, I think it fits. It Um, absolutely does. Then I found out there was a Frank Iero song called No Fun Club when I tried to Google it. That's the guitar player from My Chemical Romance. That is the guitar player from My Chemical Romance. I still don't think I've listened to the song, but um, somebody actually asked me about that once. Like, is your band named after the Frank Iero song? And I'm like, fuck no. Their band is named after, no, their song is named after my band, actually. That song is cool. I was like, it's like, what are some some band names you've had in the past that were kind of like embarrassing or maybe like didn't make the cut? Oh, God. So my very first band was called Waking the Dog. On after bad. an oasis lyric. waking the dawn <laughs> it was really bad <laughs> that was the band that played soul man at the talent show oh that's pretty good i started dude. a metalcore band in like ninth grade one so we named ourselves set in steel set in steel yeah Ooh. what does that even mean dude? it means whatever and 14 year old who really really likes metallica wants to believe oh so metal set in steel <laughs> yeah, metallica dude. Kind of actually, that's that's smarter than a lot of successful metal bands. I gotta say, yeah. that. <laughs> no sense at all. We could have been Five Finger Death Punch. Ooh, oh, <laughs> we don't talk about them either, right? Can we just cancel them too? Because like their music sucks. I'm down. <laughs> I agree. I like Butt Rock though. Creed, Creed's my shit. Butt Rock. Creed fucking butt. Does Alice in Chains count as Butt, butt Rock? Because I really fuck with them. Alice in Chains is kind of Butt Rock. A little bit. They like inspired a lot of Butt Rock, but they were like doing that is... sound before it got like yeah, I'm out of my own beaten into the ground. What you don't like? Before it got five finger roll, death brother? punched into the ground. <laughs> Dude, rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll are step too late for me. Rock and roll is here to stay. In indie folk, we go to bed at 9.30 p.m. <laughs> and we bring Sharp. our chairs to the gig. <laughs> and then we wake up at 3.30 a.m. to listen to podcasts. Yeah, my podcast. It's a lifestyle, y'all. So, I mean, did you just make fun of me for getting early to the show? Is that what the joke was? No. <laughs> I was thinking of a joke and didn't register yours. No Funk Club has music out. Yes? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. So what's this... What was it? I saw your EP came out recently. Yeah, it came out. I saw it live, which was sweet. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, um, it was cool playing shows with you guys. I want to play more shows with you guys because I enjoy your music. We're trying to. (laughs) But, uh, 
Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after this. We'll get something going. It's I, I got a few shows day. like that I'm trying to book that maybe you guys can come on. Okay. Hell yeah, um, brother. Um, Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> My favorite tracks are Windbreaker and Joan of Arc. Yeah, so like with the the uh, the EP in general, was there like an overarching theme or like was there like a certain uh, what was going on like when you were writing it? Oh man, there were. It was kind of written over. A, like a year or so after moving back to my parents' house after college and then moving out on my own for the first time. There's there's kind of like, I guess with the EP, I didn't want to focus on one thing lyrically too much. Um, yeah. I didn't want to write like a concept EP or anything. But there's there's a lot of themes that have to do with kind of like, um, find, like, like kind of finding a sense of place at wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I guess there's a lot of stuff too about kind of reflecting on the past and looking at the future, but kind of feeling stuck where you are and feeling separated from both the past and the future, I guess. I'm kind of bullshitting right No, now. no, dude, no. It's I mean, really like, all about waiting for windbreaker weather. I mean, I realize <laughs> put you on the spot, but like, I feel like when you sometimes I have this theory, like when you're put on the spot about something, like subconsciously, like how you really feel about it will start coming out. I mean, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you just are literally just saying nonsense, just just to fill the space. But I feel like what you said makes a lot of sense. Right? Yeah. Um, and I guess each song is kind of like like to me. I guess each song is kind of like a little scene of like different things happening. Like like for example, the very last song on the EP is called McDonough, Georgia. And it lyrically, it has nothing to do with this, but um, I guess the title was inspired by a family vacation I took. I was probably a senior in high school or something. Um, we went down to Florida, and while we were driving, we spent the night in a town called McDonough, Georgia, and it was pouring rain. It was kind of like a very strange vibe, like... Like, you know how when you're driving long distances and you pull off an exit at night and you're kind of in an unfamiliar area? Yeah. You get, like, whatever, like, feelings you're getting from the environment around you. Well, McDonough, Georgia just had a very strange vibe. Like a bad juju sort of thing. Yeah, it, it had a bad juju. It was pouring rain. It was thunderstorming. There were, like, when we were, like, right after we got off the highway, there were some kids in the street who, like, threw a water balloon or something at our car. And then, um, then we pulled into a Waffle House, and my whole family ate dinner at this Waffle House and said, no one said anything the whole time, as it's pouring rain and thunderstorming. So, like, that, that scene has nothing to do with the song itself. But I guess, like, each song on the EP kind of tries to capture, like, I guess, I can't think of a better word than vibe, and I hate the word vibe a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it tries to capture the vibe of a Mood, scene. maybe? Yeah, mood. That's a good one. Hey, that's really interesting. Don't love that. Yeah, that's that sounds like weird, man. Like that that sounds like it'll be a weird experience. Yeah, Yeah. it's just like you end up in these locations every so often that you're like, I'm never gonna be back in this place again. Yeah, and I'm trying to take in kind of the atmosphere of it, and it can just be can be very strange sometimes. And when you're on road trips, yeah, road trips, these these kind of things happen a lot. Sometimes it'll be, it's really rare, but like you'll have, you'll be somewhere and you'll have that thought like, I'm never going to be here again, blah, blah, blah. And then like five years later, you find yourself in that exact same spot again. And then you remember thinking to yourself that you'd never be there again. And it's like real, some like obscure waffle house and like, you know what I mean? Like just weird shit like that. 
Right. Fuck, now I'm going to have to go back to McDonough, Georgia and go to Waffle House. <laughs> you gotta. I mean, that's a classic Southern experience. Yeah, that... Going to a Waffle House. <laughs> um, Thinking you'll never go again. Getting caught in the rain. <laughs> drinking pina coladas. Is that a Southern <laughs> thing? Yeah. <laughs> I, like... Um, Pat and I didn't play on the record or, like, in the band when the record was made or anything Yeah, they're like both that. pretty new additions. We're noobs. Yeah. But I was, I was friends with the band already, and I think Mike was already playing in my band when it was released. And, uh, so just from, like, an outside perspective, I got a lot of that, like, same nostalgia from it. Of just, like, I could kind of feel that idea of, like, you were saying being stuck in the middle but like thinking about the past and trying to also figure out your future kind of reminds me of what you were saying about your ep Mm. that just came out yeah and i definitely felt that from that ep and like especially since like we've been playing the songs and i've like listened to them a lot more and learned the lyrics um i think that that's a theme that was encapsulated pretty well it's like when i saw you guys live yeah when we played that show together it was like it was really cool because like i I had just found out about your band like right around the same time when um we booked the show together so mm-hmm. i'm like if, if i get that opportunity like i won't listen to the band until i see them live because like so i wanted to make sure that like the first time i heard you guys was like actually seeing you guys live right which i like to do you know it's always fun mm-hmm. to do that um and it was just really cool because i felt like you did a really good job of like having now this is me like having a difficult time articulating things, but like a really nice balance between like, like subdued energy. Like it was like not, not necessarily subdued, but like really pretty guitar tones and like uh, just a nice clean sound. And then contrasting that with like your vocals at certain points where at the right times, like you have like this like scratchy, like powerful, like almost scream, like half scream sort of vocal. And it's just really, it's really good. Like, right. I dig that. And that's what I'm trying to get better at. And I guess hopefully when we put out a full length, there'll be even more of that than there was on the EP. But like, I guess I take that trick from a lot of like bands like the Hotel Year. You listen Absolutely. to the Hotel Year. Hotel Year are a really big inspiration. That's what, yeah, what that's I what do. it really is. Um, I guess. And I, I really love the contrast between like, just like really pretty quiet guitar parts and then like going full out, like yeah. fuzz pedals and screaming. Yep. Um, That's why I was such a huge fan of a band that we can't talk about. But, <laughs> but the oh, Hotelier. Built to Spill? What's wrong with that? Built to Spill. Silverstein? Did you see Built to Spill? I wish. I wish I saw him too. A lot of our homies did, but. Yeah, Zito hit me up. Yeah, Haley like... went, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Haley Fuck. and Anthony. Built to Spill. But no, I think um, if, you, if you feel like you're still learning how to do all that and getting better at it, which we all are. Dude, I'm think, always learning. Yeah. I'm not a master of anything. But you're in a good spot because I was, I was impressed. Like, my friends uh, who were there uh, mentioned you guys. They said, like, yeah. you remind, reminded them of a Hotelier and Title Fight, which I totally agree Title with. Title Fight, another band I love. Another what band. happened to Title Fight? Where are they? I never really I thought, listened to them, I thought honestly. Title Fight was recording again, but maybe Ooh. they aren't. Um, They've been, like, really keeping it down low if they have been. Right. Brian, you would like Title Fight a lot, just based on what I know you already like. Um, But I guess guess when I started this project, I was really like, yeah, I'm going to be, like, a shoegaze band. I'm going to be, like, really noisy, like, have a lot of effects pedals with crazy stuff going on. I'm going to sound like Title Fight, man. (laughs) And that that didn't happen, and I'm kind of... Maybe I'm kind of glad in some ways that it didn't happen, but still love Title Fight a lot. Well, you just... 
like I try to when I write music, I try to not really have a set agenda when I go out to do it. So like right. I don't ever tell myself that I'm going to try to be like a band like this. I just like whatever music comes out of me, like that's what it is. And like so some songs will sound like like they don't belong with another one sometimes. And I get really self-conscious about that sometimes. Like I I feel like Right, and I think as the artist, you like you get this feeling that like oh, none of this stuff fits together. This yeah. Cuz you know everything behind it that you're yeah. piecing together. Yeah. You're like oh, all these songs come from different places. I wrote this over such a long period of time. None of this fits together. And I guess that was kind of what I was feeling about the No Funk Club EP after we recorded it. I'm like, okay, so we have like we have like disappointed in Big Mood, which I think like fit well together. Then we have like Joan of Arc and Junji Ito, the ones that Arthur wrote. Um, and then like McDonough Georgia came from a different like era. Yeah. Like it doesn't necessarily fit with the other ones, but everyone who's listened to it says, "Oh, I love the way it flows together." So like, so maybe you as the artist have to let go of that. Absolutely. And it's like at the end of the day, like I I have like a pretty um. I don't want to say strict policy, but like the policy I employ with myself is to just ignore those insecurities, you know right, what I mean? Right. And just put, put out, put the songs out, like regardless of how they, um, fit together in my mind, like they all came from my mind, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I just, we're always going to be our own worst critics. And True. if you're not, then people, and if you're not your own biggest critic, then like, there's a, probably a good chance that like you're full of yourself. You know, I just feel like, Right. There's like a lack of self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it is kind of something that you, I think, is possible to defeat. Like, you see a lot of artists, like, I guess, maybe like Sam Ray from Teen Suicide and American Pleasure Club is a good example. People who just, like, put out all sorts of stuff that doesn't fit together. They're super prolific. And it's almost like... Like, they've defeated the inner critic that tells them, no, all this stuff needs to put together. Yeah. You need to kind of slave over this project and pick out a handful of stuff. Like, Sam Ray is an artist who I feel like just goes for it. Um, They're like Ty Seagal, who is in, like, six different projects yeah, that like are, Ty like, Seagal, radically different. He puts out, like, two or three albums a year or some yeah. shit like that. He's got, like, a noise punk band, like, Gogs, and he's got, like, some other, like, kind of, like, more mellow stuff and mm-hmm. just, like, everything in between. It reminds me of... um. All this made me think about like when artists uh, have different projects for different types of music, and right. like like Conor Oberst being like one of the most prolific examples. Conor you know? Oberst, a favorite of every yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely. Room, <laughs> Conor Oberst, Bright Eyes, Desperacitos. I'm sure there's one more. You know what I mean? Oh, Desperacitos. Other than maybe like Lifted, that Desperacitos read music, speak Spanish. That's like the best Conor Oberst record, and I will. Oh, you on so? record saying that. Huh, I'll have to check that out. I saw them live Interesting. one time. Because, <laughs> like, I disagree with this shit. <laughs> like, you said Casadego was your favorite. Casadego was something I was jamming. Casadego no, was, like, in the middle for Casadega's me. Got, it's, Casadego's got something special. It's genius. Casadego's genius. I must uh, confess, I've actually never really listened to anything by Connor Oberst. Oh, fuck. I couldn't oh, really? name a we, single song. We gotta song. get you here. Wow, dude. <laughs> Wow. I listened to like literally everything else from that era and that time, but like (laughs) on my way here, not bright eyes. I mean, if you're a fan of like the singer songwriter thing at all, then you'll fucking you'll immediately recognize he's a genius. If you like Colin Haggerty, you'll love bright eyes. (laughs) If you like holy profane, let me tell you. If you like holy profane, you'll love bright eyes. If you like ship and sail, you'll love Connor (laughs) Oberst. Holy profane is another band everybody should check out. It's our good friend and Colin ship and sail bandmate Anthony Zito. 
It's him and Steve Kroll who plays in Space Cadet. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like a I'm at the Space Cadet thing, guys. but it's got like a lot of psychedelic imagery. Um, we, I, I like was there very for, lyrically dense. It's good stuff. I was there cool. for the beginning of some of that recording, and like we use like a sitar pedal that like a sitar oh, yeah, pedal. Like, Pliska's mimic, pedal. Yeah, it was, it was Steve Pliska's pedal, and like Luca. Zio like took this song that was like basically like a singer song or a song and then he just like in the middle Luca has joined just the cranked this guitar <laughs> pedal and just ripped into it. Oh dude, and yeah. it was wild. Now that like the way it fun. came out on the record is so cool. And then like I played a little banjo and mandolin on it and then right. uh, noise. And, yeah. and then they added a few more after I wasn't like um re- recording with them anymore. It's just such a good EP. They're gonna and be like making a new the... album pretty soon here, and I'm gonna be producing it. So be on the lookout for a new Holy nice. Propane album. <laughs> yeah, Patrick <laughs> does audio engineering too. Among oh many sweet, other yeah. things. I'm gonna ask you some questions after uh, after this. Ask if away, if, man. If you don't mind, because like I've been working on um, a lot of my own stuff. Um, he does a podcast. I have some. He does like, a podcast. I have like a little thing I'm working on that I don't want to announce yet, but like it's not that exciting, but. You know, I'll talk. About it. But what I was trying to get at uh, with with the bright eyes thing was that like I feel like uh, I don't think I would ever come up with different like project titles for like different music I come up with. I would I would just always want to put it under in a daydream. I think unless it was like someone else's project that I was a part of, mm-hmm. like well, no matter how drastically different <coughs> it all is, I just want it all to be like the counter over stuff is, is a little bit different than like the way it seems like bread eyes was a collaboration with Mike Mogus and like, it was like a whole collective they of people. Ended that like. band, and that's when that's like, he put out a counter over record that had nothing to do with bright eyes while they're still together. And then they ended that band and desperate Seasons is with a different group of people. And then monsters of folk is with like, a different group of people and he didn't do the majority of the writing uh, on that one see that's what i mean like if it's a different thing Better where community center is a collaboration with phoebe bridgers it all right. like anything that's not counter oberst name like there is other stuff to it where he doesn't take full ownership i gotcha and i'm not like knocking the idea of having those different things because like right. in, in in some cases it makes sense like that but like monsters of I've, i definitely know people that like it's <laughs> what i'm trying to say here it's like the, an unnecessary like relabeling of things. Right. You know what I mean? When it's like a majority of the same people in two different things that are like, yeah. you feel like they'd be better off just combining it and then having a more diverse sound for that one thing instead of like separating, like there's like indie punk bands <coughs> that will like yeah. share all the same members and they'll be in two separate bands, even though it's all the same people. Right. I, I think, think it's dependent on like what kind of norm that band has established. Yeah. And it works for some bands. You know like, what I mean? Like, like, like volleyball and lame. It works for like them. Main songwriter a lot of times. Or if yeah. you're just like choking victim versus leftover crack, like it's literally the same two bands with the same people playing the same style of music. They just decided to like, yeah, do a different thing. And like, I think it's kind of like just naming different albums sort of. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, just, I just think back to Radiohead, like each album is so like, really different really like remarkably different especially like you know if you look at like okay computer versus kid a versus like moon shape pool like you mm-hmm. could that could be entirely different bands mm-hmm, you know right. what i mean but they just keep the same thing but i think as an artist like you think a lot about what your artistic statement is and i feel like radiohead yeah was kind of progressing their artistic statement with each of those records yes. they're always expanding their instrumentation too <laughs> and like oh, yeah always experimenting with different like writing methods and just 
they're always just trying to like outdo themselves and break down whatever yeah. barriers are in front of them. So that's well, honestly that's, that's something I've of, always admired about them. Right. That's the kind of band I want to be. I don't know if we will be it, but <laughs> you need to add a keyboard player. Ooh. Be the Johnny mm-hmm. Greenwood that you want to see in the world. <laughs> yeah. Score the movies that no one will actually watch. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. No, I mean a lot of people watch. Dude, I tried to watch a, a movie uh scored by Johnny Greenwood called The Master. Yeah. With like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Joaquin Phoenix, it was so difficult to get through that movie. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't finish it. Like I just got extremely bored. Right. And it's, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it's just, it's so like disorienting and it's so strange. It's so like hard to follow. It's like that, one of those movies where like, yeah, you got to be going for right. that movie. You got to be in that right. mood, right? Like, and I've I've been in that movie before, but like, just at the time, it was just like really, but. That being said, like Johnny Greenwood's uh, scoring is just—it's expert. It's just masterful. It's—it's it's, it's crazy, like the way he can score movies and just like—I don't know—he's definitely got his like his trademark. You know right. what I mean? You can hear it. But yeah, I guess in general, I was just saying that, like for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd like the idea of having uh, different stuff down the road that'll sound different from previous releases and things like that. But under the like name. the same name, under yeah, in a daydream. But that's just for me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not knocking, right. like, people who do it differently. It, it all is, like, situational. Well, um, when I finally make my emo trap record. Emo trap? <laughs> my Wikifan shit. Oh, just call it 304, dude. Like, <laughs> the one after 303. Emo <laughs> trap. You mean Travis Scott? Sure. <laughs> I never Yo, listened I to make, Scott. I want to make a quick shout-out to Emily Owens. What oh, up? Wait, dude, you know Emily? Yeah, I just... uh put like a picture from my point of view here um on oh, instagram sick. and emily was like you finally got to meet brian oh sick yeah emily and i used to like smoke weed up at central like our freshman you year you went to central for one year you yeah. Right on. yeah so <laughs> emily is uh like one of my best friend's cousin all right and on. so uh emily's cousin was the drummer in in a daydream back in the day okay so like it's brad he lives two minutes away like i just saw him today he's one of my best friends so like i've i've known emily for a long time yeah i met them up at central as well and we've been homies for a few years now yeah yeah emily's cool as fuck yeah what up emily what What is emily's gotten so many uh shout outs on the podcast now too (laughs) yeah yeah good old emily Always, always hooking me up with the weird temple too. <laughs> Emily Thank you is for that. the glue that keeps the scene together. Like that is it. Like <laughs> just Emily. But what were we talking about? I'm like a little bit. Uh, I smoked weed a little bit earlier. <laughs> oh wait. I know what I was going to ask. So before this EP, yeah. Um, was there no no fun club previous to that or? Um, did you have like music previous to that that like led into No Fun Club or? Yeah, so I could kind of tell this story. Um, so after I graduated college, I had left the bandos and previously was working on some demos and stuff, trying to kind of switch up my sound a little bit, find something a little bit different to work on. Um, and so I'd started working on these demos that, um, if you can find them on Bandcamp now, gotta plug <laughs> them. The In Your Bedroom with the Lights Down Low. EP, um, which I during that time I was living at my parents' house. How old were you? College. What was it? How old were you? I was um twenty three at the time, I think. Okay. Yeah, so I was um 
I was sending these demos back and forth with um with my friend Nick, who I'd played in bands with previously. Um, he was working on demos too. We were just we were talking online a lot, sending music back and forth, and he was really into these demos that ultimately became the No Fun Club stuff. So, um, so we talked about starting another project, um, and that that was kind of when we came up with the name No Fun Club. But Nick was so Nick was basically like so I talked to this guy on Craigslist. His name's Arthur. He plays bass, and he's down to start a project too. So we we were playing together. Um, Arthur's grandparents had a house up in Lansing that we would go to and play at, and um, we'd just like we'd run through those songs that were on that um, in your bedroom with the lights down low EP. Um, we wanted to like get those really tight and then start playing shows. Well, so then it turns out Nick's job moves him up to Traverse City for a while, and so at that point we were you in. The, this area, Ann Arbor, at um, the time? No, I had moved out of Ann Arbor, and by the point, by that point we're talking about, I had moved out of my parents' house in West Bloomfield, and I'd moved to Clawson. Okay. Um, so that was a timeline. So Clawson, like, right about 20 minutes north of Detroit, for people who aren't familiar with the area. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so, so Nick moves to Traverse City. He's like, I'm not going to be able to do no fun club anymore. And me and Arthur are like, well, we still want to keep doing this. We still want to keep making music together. Yeah. So me and Arthur, we kind of go through this period where we're not doing a ton, but um, we would like go to the Lansing Guitar Center and practice. Or Wait, really? Yeah, we went to the Lansing Guitar Center a couple times to practice. And then we, we like, got... Hold on, I, I'll, I'll let you get going. But like, do they did they have like practice rooms or did you guys literally just like be like one person in the drum room and then the other person in like in the guitar no, so there's like a handful of guitar centers that have like rentable oh okay space. okay so we paid like we paid 15 bucks to rent this room for an hour okay i literally just imagined for that i just imagined you like someone having an <laughs> amp like, really loud into the amps on the floor and we're playing no fun club well brad shit. and i've done that before like where we're both at guitar center and like yeah. he he heard me playing like Weird Fishes by Radiohead or something, mm-hmm. and he's in the other room in the drum room, and he starts playing the drum beat, which yeah. was which was sweet. Oh but, my god! But anyways, just keep that's going. so cool. <laughs> but anyways, so then then through a friend, we got hooked up with the Plymouth um, Arts and Recreation Center, um, which was kind of which was closer to me than Lansing, <coughs> but it was further away for Arthur. Um, but we were able to get this spot for free, and I don't know if have you ever been to Park to the Plymouth Arts and Rec Center? Nope. Um, it's a super cool space. So they sometimes do shows there, but it's it's like a community space. It's paid for by the city and donors, I think. But um, you, they have a Google Calendar that you can just log into their site. Um, find look on this Google Calendar and see when they have practice space available. That's cool. They have that Grove Studios and Ipsy now too. Yeah, I actually looked at Grove Studios when I was looking for a practice space. I like. I think I tried to sign up and like their form didn't work online or something, so I gave up on it. Oh, gotcha. But, well, um, Jeremy um, and Mitch in the band Painted Friends, I know they uh, practice at Grove Studios. Okay. Yeah, um, so it, it does function. Gotcha. <laughs> in some way or another. Um, no, I'm. It, I think when I was looking at it, it just opened. And they oh, just I gotcha. Their website together. It's a. It looked pretty cool, and it looked like it was like a brand new space. They had a show there too recently. Oh shit! Who played there? Uh, like Painted Friends. I think some of the bands that like practice there. Okay, Painted Friends was on the show a couple weeks ago, right? Uh, yes. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then they played uh, Blind Pig, and then they played with Stopwatch last week okay. at Late Station. Gotcha. Shout out to Stopwatch. Mark, I love you. Mark B. Marky Mark Bosch. Yep, yep. Love you lots. He's a good old boy. But yeah, so anyways, so we got hooked up with the Plymouth Park. Um, we went through kind of a rotating cast of people who jammed with us a couple times. Um, and then ultimately, I run into Mike Higgins, who played in Books on Tape and who I knew during college. At some at a show at the Dragons Down, it was like a Parkway in Columbia show or something. I think sounds right. But um, so I was talking to Mike Higgins, and Mike had just moved back from Indiana at this point, and he was looking to get kind of more into the scene here. But he he knew he, he and Pat Ray were starting Koopa Kid at this point, um, and he wasn't sure how much time he was gonna have. Right. But, um, he after listening to the demos, he was like, "Yo, I'm down to do this project." So me, Sweet. so me, and Mike. I thought it was a good feeling, right? Yeah, it was. It was really cool, and I love you, Mike, for deciding to take a chance on this project. I hope you listen to this <laughs> and hear your shout out. But yeah, will. so, so me <laughs> and Mike and Arthur at that point were no fun club, and that was our core lineup for a while. We we started playing shows. Um, we were working on the EP. The EP was mostly well. It was about like half songs that I had written all by myself um, before the three of us had really started working on stuff. And then um, two more, um, two more, Arthur had written instrumentals and sent them to me and Joan of Arc was one of those and I wrote lyrics over that. Um, Juju Ito, um, we, Arthur had like started writing some lyrics for this, but just the way we played it, it like worked really well as an instrumental. And mm. so we decided to keep it as an instrumental, and he added some. He added a little clip from the movie Whiplash at the beginning <laughs> of the studio. But he had put that on his looper pedal, and he would play. He had a couple different ones before oh, that's we cool. decided on that one. But he would like load this audio clip onto his looper pedal, and as we were going into this song that was an instrumental, he would play it, and the audio would kind of sync up with the beginning of the song and stuff. That's cool. So that was really tight. I've been wanting to do stuff like that. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. Louder. <laughs> no, I think it turned out really well. So um, around December time frame is when we went to record our EP. And I know um, when I recorded the full length with my last band, it was a very long process where I was like really... I was really kind of a taskmaster about it, and um, I yeah. made people do like a bunch of takes and stuff. And it took six months to record. Well, that's probably um, not a bad thing. It might be difficult in the moment, like, and people it can be difficult, you know. To but I mean, that's how you get a really good record. Better to have like a literal buttload of takes than to have like yeah. three takes and have them all be shit. You right. Know? Like right. You're I putting mean, the time into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mine as well. But I think from some perspective it kinda comes from not knowing what you want. And that was my first time in a studio. I didn't really oh, know I what, what I wanted. Saying. I don't I don't think I think we wanted to kind of jump the gun and record. Before you were really ready yeah. with the songs. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so we recorded that with Tyler Floyd at Summit House Studios. Love Tyler. Tyler's an incredible engineer, incredible artist. Um, he makes my stuff better every time I work with him. Parkway so, and Columbia is the best band. Yeah, Parkway and Columbia is really fucking good. Shout out to Parkway Ooh. and Columbia. Shout out Wanderer, one of my favorite records of the year. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to Wanderer, check it out. Shout out to Haley and I'm Jacob. <laughs> yeah, like I, I listened to uh, I listened to a little bit of it and it, like it really reminds me of uh, 
like motion city soundtrack like meets like death cab right yeah, I think that's, a, that's a compliment i love both like, those bands drew a lot from death cab in the best way oh, i think yeah. they drew some really they got that like really lush instrumentation and they got nick on the vibes just like yeah tyler if you happen to listen to this i think you should put lighthouse on every record for <laughs> but also motion city soundtrack too like on this recent one because like that synth and that single yeah it, that definitely on, reminds me of something on weathering yeah yeah that is definitely something that you hear in like a motion city song and I, I dude when i first heard weathering like i i've known tyler so catchy, since dude. about like since maybe 2015 or so is when I've been going to see Parkland and Columbia shows. And when he first started playing the stuff from this new record, I was like, what the fuck? This is so good. Yeah. Especially Weathering. Yeah, it was like, so catchy, dude. Weathering. Such a good hook. Like, Parkway's always been kind of like an expansive band that plays a lot with dynamics and has a lot of quiet parts, but Weathering just like full out rocked. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I really loved that. And it kind of showed that they have another side to the band that they can do really well, just as well as the other stuff they've been doing. Oh, absolutely, man. But anyway, so enough about Parkway and Columbia. Love you lots. I wish you all the success in the world. So, um, so no fun club. When we went to record this EP, we booked a weekend at Tyler's and that was all the time we gave ourselves to get it done. We went in, we did the six songs. We did Saturday, me, Arthur, and Mike went in. We did it all live to tape that day. Second day, me and Arthur went back in. We did lead guitars, vocals, and some keyboards. Um, we got it. We did it all live to tape. Um, we did it all. You guys played together at the same time? Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was something we did different. When I did my last record for my last band before that, um, we did um, everything was done separate. So we did like scratch tracks. And then we had Nick come in and do the drums, and yeah. then um, we did the guitars and the bass, and then I did my vocals last. And um, when you did the 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 live thing, like with the one yeah. you just did, you do vocals at the same time? Or did no. you do vocals after? Because that's no, I, I was gonna say that's daring if you're that, gonna do vocals. That's at the extremely same time. daring. I'm not I'm not quite that daring. Right. I used to do that for Casbin sometimes. You used to do live vocals for Casbin. We wouldn't keep the vocals, but yeah, I would record them at the same time. Gotcha. Okay, um, but so anyways, so, yeah, if I could do live vocals, I'm too much of a perfectionist. Oh, dude, absolutely. To do that. Especially vocals, they're like arguably the most important thing to most listeners. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to be the thing that is going to turn away the casual listener if it's not there. The first thing that will turn away a casual listener if it's not like as good as it could be. You know right. what I mean? Actually, I feel like the mix would be the first thing. I, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of maybe a hot take to say that the mix is more important than the vocals. To me, it is. You know what I mean. And maybe it's just because I'm a musician. I think like, I think it's a lot of that, honestly, dude. Because I think a lot of people you could you could uh, release something in full mono and people wouldn't. A lot of people wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Like right. people. I think. But I would agree with you, though. Right. As like, far as the like mix the, will drive me nuts. Right. <laughs> like as far as the technical stuff behind the mix, no one's gonna notice. Dude, I fucking hate music. Right. <laughs> Let's Wait, rid the world of music. <laughs> but but yeah, so like the technical stuff behind the mix, people aren't going to notice. But like if it sounds thin or like stuff isn't together, yeah. people are going to notice that. So that, that's why I argue that the mix is the oh, most yeah. important. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So if it's like there's like an overall issue, like you might have a good mix and that will like be, that will trump like a... Uh, a bad vocal. Although a good mix right. is not. So that's all the blogs that I sent my last EP to. A good mix is nothing without a good master. 
Yeah, depends oh. on depends on like uh, Patrick that's the my, audio engineer. That's my spicy in. take. A ma- a master is no good without a savior. <laughs> mm. A master is nothing without a commander. My master we is a ga- we winter. Need a god for all master <laughs> puppets. Master yeah, we're, puppets. we're no yep. Catholic club if you couldn't tell by your rhetoric. <laughs> Catholic. <club. laughs> Yeah, I, I learned we are Catholic, so I guess it's no yes, Catholic club. club. No, good old lapsed <laughs> Catholic. No sexual repression club. I, I remember when I learned the uh, the wonders of mastering. Like when I yeah. first got Ableton, like all my all shit is is pirated. Make it so the like I have insane. some nice, some really nice. Like I have Ableton, some decent like uh, mastering software, like Isotope. Yeah, like let me Ozone. tell you, yeah. master. And put it all in one track. Make it sure it all me, sounds the same volume. Yeah, I'm never That's letting it. you near a board ever. That's it. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, like I when I first tried like mastering plugin on something, I'm like, this you have to record your parts from outside good. the studio. Right. We're gonna run a 250 foot XLR cable, and you have to record from outside. <laughs> oh lord, sweet yeah, baby. All you Jesus. do that right, sounds like a like an experimental. Okay, you close your eyes. You pretend when you're mixing. You close your eyes. You pretend you're looking at the band. Okay. And yeah. You just pan them. God, if you're listening, when you're, when you're please release me from this. And then, and then, and then God you go definitely master, listens you take to all the tracks. You put them on one track, and then you listen and think, "All right, when I when I skip to the next track, is this track way louder than the first track? Hope not." That's <laughs> a, that's in mastering. That's it. Right. That's yeah. it. Yeah, man. That's how it works. Like loudness normalization. That's how the pros do it. So, like, when you're mastering something, like, here's a question I've always wanted to know. So, like, when you're putting an album together, like, a full length, and you have the end of one song leading into the next song, and, like, it has to be the same volume, do you put everything, like, every song on one thing to master it all at the same time and then export it in, in separate? I just said that. Yeah, you could do that. I just said that. Or is that, like, the standard way to do it? Or? You said the exact same thing I said. You know what I mean? So you could ex- do that, but export- if you have, like, an entire album's worth of stuff, that could crash your computer if you don't have, like, the right Well, no, like, just, just, the, just the WAV files that you, that you re-put back into the DAW to master them. I mean, if you know what you're doing, you can watch your meter and you can just, like know where you're peaking yeah. at okay oh if you're really good you could just memorize it all i mean or if you like know how to <laughs> write down numbers on a notepad <laughs> dude, i always wondered about master that your record for half pat's price dude i already mix and master records for half of everyone else's I prices <laughs> i can't actually i don't have the ability to do but you know what i mean though like i like just literally taking like all the wave files and then putting them up on one track in ableton and then like one and put the next one right after it, right after it, and then just use the same mastering tool like on everything that makes to make sure. I don't know. This is probably boring as shit to people <laughs> listening, but I've always wondered like that. People are like, "Why is there a big gap in the video? <laughs> in the podcast?" Sorry. Right. This is when we started talking about <coughs> recording. Two hours later. Yeah, people just want to hear what happens after the recording. They don't want to hear about the recording. Anyways, well, I'm probably wrong though. So yeah, so we did the recording, um, Tyler mixes and masters it, we play some shows, um, what happened after, oh, after that, um, we started working on booking our tour, um, with Ship and Sail, we we met Colin during this time frame, became Uh, very good friends with him, tour, um, we started talking about doing a weekender, um, probably around, like, January or February, sound about right? I don't know, way before we actually did anything about it. True. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah so we met colin and we started talking we we met colin i think 
Well, I had known Colin before that, but we we did a show at Nice Place in Detroit with Colin. That was their first show ever. Yeah, um, that's right. That's my yeah, idea. yeah. That's when we like really hit it off. Um, became homies. We started talking about doing a tour together. So we start working on the tour around February. What year March was this? Time. This, this is year. this year. Sorry, okay, this is okay. This is um, yeah. This is this year. So around the end of March or so, um, we find out from Arthur that he can no longer do the band after he graduates from college because he's he's getting a new job where he's working nights and he's not sure where he's going to be living. Mm. Um, so Arthur left the band at that point and um. I didn't really know what to do at that point because before then, like Arthur had been so integral to the band's sound and just the way we clicked as people. I'm like, so what do we do at this point? And, and I had not played bass. Like people didn't know I've ever. Really oh, I met bass. him. His last show was the one. We yeah, played Arthur together. Jones' last show was the one that we played together at Club Above, and the night before that, we'd done um Grand Valley's Music Festival, which was oh, really cool. cool. Um. That was a really cool time. Met some really good bands there. Shout out Hexing. I doubt any of you are listening to this. Oh, Hexing, they follow the podcast. Fuck. But maybe they are. Get Hexing on there. I've only met them. I think I've met them like very briefly. They um, played the uh, Scheme 13 Festival. Yeah, Hexing is really, really good. Um, They played Bloodfest. Played like one of my favorite sets that day. Oh, tight. Um, Actually, I think I met them at Bloodfest because I was there like just talking to every band trying to I just don't remember like who <laughs> all I talked to, you know. Gotcha, but yeah, you should get Hexing on. Here. I'll hit him up. I will um, hit him up. Yeah, shout out Hexing. But so Arthur leaves the band. Um, Mike suggests Colin because um, Mike had started playing in Ship and Sail at that point as well, and so Colin comes aboard. Um, Colin's first show with us is in South Bend, Indiana. Um, is that right? I think so. No, I played in Ann Arbor the Thursday. No, that's right. You played in Nakamura uh, the night before that. I was there. Two nights before that, yeah. Two nights before that, yeah. So so we did a little weekender tour in May um, where we played in Nakamura on the Thursday. We didn't play Friday because it was a Cooper Kids show that day. Um, then Saturday we went to South Bend, Indiana. and um, Sunday we were Sunday, in Yeah, Sunday we went to the Summit Shack, Bowling Green, Ohio. Oh, yeah. Um, played with Mango Tree and Absinthe Father. Both very good artists. We were supposed to play a stripped down set that day, but the day of, they're like, oh, you can do full band. We don't care. Sweet. That was, yeah, that was so, a fun time. Yeah, so we played that full band. Um, so it was us and Ship and Sail um, on that tour. Um, my girlfriend, Emma, came along. So it was me, Emma, Haley, from Bombastic Dream Pussy, who plays guitar in Ship and Sail, Anthony Zito, um, who plays bass in Ship and Sail, and then for part of the time, Colin, all in my Chevy Malibu. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was With like, some gear too. I had sold so much more ship and sail merch than I had expected in South Bend. So I was like in the back seat, like with my back against the back of Jake's, um, Jake's driver's seat, like facing backwards, <laughs> making, making hats on my knee and Haley's nice. just like so mad that she's in the middle and Zito's just like on the other side doing whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Zito was just chilling. Zito Zito's the greatest person in the world to tour with because he's so chill. But yeah, um, so we stayed at this Airbnb in it was um, super nice. Yeah, it was a really really nice house. We stayed in Goshen, Indiana, which was about like forty five minutes east of South Bend, kind of on our way back to Ohio. 
Um, that did morning, you book it ahead of time, like the the Airbnb, or did mm-hmm. you just kind of just get a day of? We booked it like a week in okay. advance. We'd been trying to figure out what we were gonna do. Um, because we were gonna play Chicago originally, and that <laughs> fell through. So we were like, oh, we're gonna stay at Col- one of Colin's family members' mm-hmm. house. You have an aunt in Chicago, right? Yeah, I have an aunt in Chicago. Okay, yeah, we and were gonna. Linda. Hotel McBride. Shout out to Hotel McBride, as she calls it. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, so we were going to stay there, and then all... Um... asked me to play shows there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't have any friends in Chicago. But yeah, so... Um, so, like, a week before that, Chicago fell through, and um, Doug from Former Critics... Was, Doug Love! Yeah, Doug Love was able to get us. He... Former Critics and You Rescue Joy Life were on tour at the same time as us. And so oh, they yeah. had this show booked at this bar called McCormick's. This was the weirdest show I've ever in South Bend. <laughs> but the opener played a Margaret and Nuclear So and So's cover, so that was cool. Yeah. What was what was their band's name? Because that was Cameron Cook, right? Yeah, I don't know what okay. their band name was. Okay. But they were really, really tight. Um but yeah, so Doug Love um tells us that he can get us on the show in South Bend. So we go there, and it's basically like a big Michigan DIY reunion. Oh, sweet. South Bend, oh I remember you know? seeing this. Yeah, yeah like I remember seeing you guys. All my Michigan band friends bought ship and sell hats that night. <laughs> yeah, the crowd was like had more Michigan people in it than Indiana people. Nice. <laughs> and the guy that was working there that night was like, he, oh, I really that like weird loud bar? music. I thought there was only yeah. two bands. Uh, I remember well, getting like bad, all dude. of Anthony's Snapchats, <laughs> and it was just, like the, like, grimiest dive bar he's ever been in. Yeah, I mean, it was a dive bar. No, I mean, he went to Michigan State, so that's not true. But it was... It was <laughs> yeah, it was Rick's... What's it called? Rick's? Yeah. Max is bad, too. Max is worse yeah. than this place. I've always wanted to go to the Rick's Max in East Lansing. Max is one of the I've been there once. bathrooms I've ever been it's, to. Uh, it's a little bit bigger, but... Than the Rick's in Ann Arbor? Yeah, but it's also a little bit shittier. The Rick's... Yeah, the Rick's in Ann Arbor... Um, Drank a little too much there. I've had a fun time there. So it goes. I've had a fun time there. I wouldn't. It's not my go-to. I went there once and I hated go-to. every minute of it. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I can see that. <laughs> at this, at this point that. in my life, I think I would hate every minute of being at Rick's too. But like when you're 21 yeah. and can like just drink legally for the first time. Yeah, if I went there now, I would feel like a chaperone. I feel like. Yeah. I'd feel responsible. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like oh. Right. It would be a weird vibe. Like no one. Like, like when I would go there, I would be like, all oh, these guys, oh, these guys are like too old to be here. I'm kind of weirded out by them. I'm like, yeah. now if I went there, I would be one of those guys who's too old to be there. Yeah. And you can tell who that guy is too, because they, they don't, they don't appear to be comfortable in their, in their situation. You know, right. That or they stand out as like the obvious creepy people. Right. You know? Either that or like the, how the hell did I end up here kind of people? Yeah. And that, like, I could sympathize with those people, you know what I mean? Right. Cause like if, if you're, if you're asking yourself, how did I end up here? It's like, probably wasn't in the cards. It wasn't in the plans. Right. But it just happens. And like, if I ever ended up back at Rick's, it would be like, Ooh, how the yeah. hell did I get here? Yeah, exactly. Like, kind of moment. It would have to be like, all my, all my sisters, my younger sisters are now old enough to where like, I don't have to ever worry about them wanting to go there either too. I think. Right. Um, but yeah, so, uh, was that tour that, the only one that you guys did or yeah that's the only tour we've done so far um we'd love to do another one we're just we're just all kind of busy right now yeah um yeah it's wild yeah collins wild collins in grad school are you are you taking summer classes yeah i have three and two jobs right now shit all right all right all right collins on the grind um i just started a new job um, I'm commuting from Novi to Ann Arbor every day and 
That's a bit of a grind. Yeah, and then I I work in IT and have a lot of late nights doing that shit. Mike works for no, Live Nation. And yeah, has a lot of shows that he has to go to and a lot of long work weeks. Right. Uh, and his wife lives in Indiana. Mike's mm-hmm. married. Wait, no, Illinois. Indiana. In Indiana, Indiana I think so. No, they're not married, but they're married. They're basically married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those situations always pop up. Or they might as well be married, you know. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And he refers to her as his wife, so I just do the same. <laughs> Work sucks. So man. we're just kind of taking this month to recoup and settle into routines and then hit it back. And then summer ends and it's the fall and I work yeah. for student affairs. Baby. Oh, when baby. the summer ends. I found that I've had to do that before, though. Like, there was, there was a time when I was trying to do way too much. And I was like... Oh, that was work, me these past couple oh, months. Work was getting behind. I'm like, I just need to, like... Put some stuff on the back burner, get mm-hmm. caught up at work, and then, you know, re... Because re, I, I mean, that's just something that like, people, like, don't might not realize that, like, us musicians, when we're not making a lot of money, like, we're in the very beginning stages, like, we're working full-time jobs, and it's like, you know... Right, I mean? we make no basically no money from yeah. our musical endeavors. And it's so much that. work, it takes so many hours... Yeah of our time to like actually get to the stage you know what i mean right and like i had kind of an existential crisis for lack of a better term about that like when i graduated college i was like oh fuck this is my last time to play music i'm never gonna be playing music again because i'm gonna have to go get a nine to five job i'm gonna have to work full time um it happens but i work a nine to five job now yeah Yeah, the nine to five is actually perfect it's exactly you get some sick pto oh yes exactly (laughs) dude just booking shows only on the weekends yeah i never have to play like a tuesday gig ever again in your life (laughs) and sooner or later you're playing led zeppelin covers at hot rocks Cafe. And you're, and hey, those, those gigs pay, you man. Don't, but you they don't do. have to ask for Saturdays. Wait, are you talking about Greta Van Fleet? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. Dude, Greta Van Fleet, 1.6 on Pitchfork. Dude, I, I will bring that if up. If we're talking about Led Zeppelin cover bands, I'm a bigger fan of Les Zeppelin. Les Zeppelin, <laughs> yeah. I, like, just have Zeppelin in your name. I'm you know what I mean? Don't Johnny pretend Deplin. that you're something. <laughs> That's a Johnny Zeppelin. No. <laughs> no, Elvis Depressley can take that one. Elvis Presley, yeah, that that's a, that's a sad name, dude. That's a sad name, Elvis well, Presley. Is there anything um, that you guys want? Yeah, go for it. Elton John Cena. That's a <laughs> wow, dude. Michael Sarah Palin was a band. I remember hearing that. Michael Sarah Palin. They were good. I saw them at like. They were. I liked them. There's a band uh, called Heck Dang that I've never listened to. I've just seen them on Heck DIY, yeah. the, the page, and I just thought. Like wow, that's a, that's a funny band name. I, I don't know for some reason. Like heck, dang! I'm like oh well, those guys probably have fun, <laughs> you know. It's heck, dang! Than you know, yeah, what? yeah there's they're... nothing I like. There's nothing I hate more than like if somebody actually has a, like a swear word or something gross in their band name. But heck, dang is funny. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, of like some bands that are that have that. Example. I can't think of one either, but I'm still, I'm still <laughs> upset about it. Fuck the police. Is that a band? I'll work myself up into it. Hey, don't talk shit about the police. No, I do. I work <laughs> I work for CPS, man. I fucking work alongside the police a lot. So I got Wait, all the you love. know Sting? <laughs> Sting? <laughs> like Mr. Uh, Gordon M. Sumner. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember in No Wasn't it B movie where like Gordon, they like had some trial scene or something. And Gordon Sumner, aka Sting, 
Oh, yes. yes. Anybody <laughs> seen oh, B-Movie or is it just me? No, I haven't Do seen you it. like jazz? <laughs> Guys, I've never seen a movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've never weird. seen a B. Anyways, I'll stop talking fail. about dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Do we have anything to promote? Yeah, let me. Uh, if you guys, unless if you don't have anything specific to promote, at least like tell people like where they can find all your shit. And stuff. Yeah. So so find us online. No Funk Club. Mi I think, or we're on Spotify too. Um, Instagram at no fun club am I Twitter at no fun club am I shout out DIY Twitter um we're on Facebook but we don't really ever post anything there yeah um we don't have any shows announced and we don't have any music to promote right now other than the EP, the EP? which came out a few months ago um we want to get back in the studio soon right now we're kind of just trying to figure out what to do next I have some demos that I probably want to record and put out as like like a two-sided single before we do a full length um so i don't know i'm i'm gonna kill myself setting dates here like because it's not gonna happen but yeah i like, hate you. I expect you more music in the next three or four months and expect the full length like early next year maybe i don't Heck know yeah bud it might happen it might not jake's also do you uh is at drake yeah at drake bell do you guys want to <laughs> no, play a drake. song Sure. Um, yeah. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get it. I'll hit the pause. And- Howdy, y'all. We're no fun club. We're from around. Song's called Windbreaker.
Maybe you want to do one more take? Let's listen back to it and see how it sounds.